0: The point of Alto IRA is to make alternative assets accessible in a cost effective manner for all individuals, not just Peter Thiel. He and the rest of the PayPal mafia figured this out early on and they appropriately took advantage of the opportunity. But the point is that everybody can do this. You don't have to have $500,000 to be able to invest in Facebook. You can have 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 The ROI is the same. The absolute dollars may be different, but we all should have the ability and access to these types of investment opportunities. And so what we did with creating Alta was to deliver on that exact same promise. And so that's what we're trying to do.
1: Hi everyone, it's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from FinTech Today, where we talk about all things fintech. And in this episode, I am joined by Eric Satz, CEO of Alto IRA, which to be fair, I actually had not heard of until yesterday when this big story about Peter Thiel came out and how essentially he used his IRA, Roth IRA, to make it so he's gonna make a lot of money and it's not gonna be taxed. Um, and you guys are one of the startups in this space looking to help people diversify their investments in their Roth IRA. So it's not just typical, you know, like ETFs, etc. Like you can put in a bunch of other things too. So Eric, I'm super excited to dive into this conversation.
0: <laughs> well, Julie, thanks for thanks for having me on and I'm going to have to remember the level of of excitement that you start your podcast with because I'm going to have to find <laughs> a way to replicate that in the future for our own. But you know, the the point of Alto IRA is to make alternative assets accessible in a cost-effective manner for all individuals, not just Peter Thiel. Uh, you know, he and the rest of the PayPal mafia figured this out early on, and they they appropriately took advantage of the opportunity. But the point is that everybody can do this. You don't have to have five hundred thousand dollars to be able to invest in Facebook the way he did and turn it into a billion. You can have five hundred or five thousand or fifty thousand. The ROI is the same. The absolute dollars may be different. But we all should have the ability and access to these types of investment opportunities. And so what we did with creating Alto was was to deliver on that exact same promise. And so that's what we're trying to do.
1: So walk us through a little bit of what Teal did and how you guys are helping other people do that. Like, could I invest my shares in FinTech Today in an Alto account and not have to pay taxes on it ever? Like, what are the rules around this?
0: So today you cannot because you're uh, you're already a founder of FinTech Today and you're already uh, um, a major shareholder and... Uh, I assume a significant salary you draw from from fintech today. So there are all there are all kinds of um, sort of triggers that are referred to as prohibited transactions, which would prevent you from investing in a business uh, you already control or own a significant share of or get compensated in a significant way from. Um, because what the IRS is doing is trying to prevent this uh, backdoor approach to early distributions that otherwise wouldn't get taxed. However, if at the very outset, before you had um, actually created fintech, if you had made your IRA an initial shareholder uh, of fintech, you could have done it at the very beginning. But now that you are where you are, Uh, sort of horses left the barn, can't do that. But you can use your Roth IRA to invest in your friends' businesses, uh, which is what Peter Thiel did, right? And so that's available to everybody.
1: Okay, so got it. If I I actually did make an angel investment uh, a couple weeks ago. I can't say who it is yet since it's not announced, but I could have essentially used an IRA to invest in that company instead of giving them $5,000 of my own money, correct?
0: 100%. 100% Hundred percent correct, and and in, and in fact, um, so that's a great example. So if you go back to when we launched, and we launched in April of two thousand eighteen, and we launched by announcing an integration with AngelList, and you know we we like to show that the dogs will eat the dog food. So at the time when we said, hey. Uh, we're now integrated with AngelList. We also said the first deal that you can invest in on AngelList using your Alto IRA is in fact Alto IRA. And, and we did the same thing when we integrated with Republic. And so we've through this technology platform that we've created and the network infrastructure that we've put into place, we try to make uh, investing in these alternative assets, whether it's a fund or a company or a securitized piece of art or an antique automobile or a baseball card or a pair of Michael Jordan sneakers or crypto Mm -hmm. for that matter, we try to create this seamless transaction uh, execution experience and to do it at a a price that makes sense for the 99% of us, not just the, you know, well, in Peter Thiel's case, the 0.1% of us, but um, you know, broadening access and opportunity, democratizing, uh, this alternative investment space.
1: Yeah. And on that front though, too, something that, you know, I've realized as someone, like I said, that was my first angel angel investment. I was not an accredited investor beforehand. Um, and it is still a space that if you are not an accredited investor, it's really hard to get into things like this. What are, some tips and tricks that you guys or others might offer for someone that does not have that title yet?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So the 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 investor world really breaks down into three broad categories. There, there are what we call uh, QPs or qualified purchasers. And those are people with um, $5 million of net worth and above. Then there's the uh, accredited investor. And there, there are a set of Um, requirements on a a net worth or or annual income basis, which allows someone to qualify as an accredited investor. Today now, actually, you can um, essentially test into being an accredited investor if you have a certain type of job as well. And then there's what we refer to as the not yet accredited investor. And um, with the JOBS Act and Title III and Reg CF, Regulation Crowdfunding, uh, which um, initially was a pass in 2016 and which was updated last year, platforms like Republic enable not yet accredited investors to participate in private financings um, for companies that they are interested in, that they feel like they uh, the company may resonate with them in, in, in some way, whether it's uh, for mission or just attraction or hobby for, for whatever reason. But the regulation crowdfunding platforms make it so that all investors, not just the accredited and the QPs, are able to participate in private company investing. And so I think um, that that's, uh, that's a step in the right direction. I think it's just the first step in the right direction.
1: Why do Roth IRAs have these income caps, but a Roth 401k doesn't? I feel like there's so many different rules around these things. Like one you can put in at the end of the year and it can help you with your taxes. Like I put some money in an IRA at the end of last year because I had made a lot of money consulting, so it helped me save money on taxes, all these different things going on. So essentially getting back to the main question is like, why is there a cap on some, but not others?
0: So, Julie, you're in danger of getting me on my soapbox here, but like <laughs> the, the rules surrounding 401ks and IRAs, you know, first of all, it, it, it takes us way back in time in history um, and trying to to figure out the rules and regulations that 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 were put in place and why they were put in place um, is unbelievably mind numbing and confusing and so I'm actually going to redirect your question and, yeah. and, and ask you, why is it that someone who works for uh, a, an employer with a 401k sponsor plan gets to save $19,500 a year, but someone who works for an employer that can't afford a plan only gets to save $6,000 a year in an IRA? I don't know, you know, who the audience is and and what the rating is on on this particular podcast, but for people who know me, they will not be surprised to hear me say that that makes no fucking sense. Okay. (laughs) So um, now, by the way, those who are saving in a 401k can still take advantage of the $6,000 in an IRA. So that person actually gets to save $25,500 a year By the way, I'm ignoring the over 50 people because they get to save more of which I'm in that category for better, for worse, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) so um, but but the people who don't have 401k access only get to save six thousand dollars a year. Why don't we just say that everybody can save thirty thousand dollars a year for retirement? It doesn't matter what bucket you put it in. If the point is to incentivize retirement savings and investing and to make sure that America is better off 30 years from now relative to where it is today and to change the fate of retirement in America, well then let's, let, let, let's make rules which make that make sense. right? So now, by the way, if you contribute to a 401k and if you make more than a certain amount of money, you're not allowed to contribute to a Roth. All right. But then there are there's what's called a backdoor conversion where you take a, a, a traditional IRA account, you pay tax on it and you convert that to a Roth. And and by the way, you know, the people who who, who say that, um uh, People can do this and, and they shouldn't be able to do it. Or if they're, if they have a certain amount of net worth, they shouldn't be able to do it, or, or they make a certain amount of money and therefore they shouldn't be able to do it. You know what? All of those things may be true and, and probably deserve to be debated. But the fact of the matter is that the rules are the rules today. And as so long as you play by the rules, what's wrong with that? Now, if we want to change the rules, that's a different conversation. But the rules are the rules. None of us made them, but we should play by them.
1: On that front, too, the, I, I had asked people um, to submit questions to this. And both Travis and uh, Dan, two members of the FinTech Today community, wanted to know if you think there's going to be any changes in legislation that, w- for better or worse to these types of things that you're talking about.
0: Um, <clears throat> I don't know how to answer the question. You know, it's uh, government is an interesting thing. Um, Do I think there will be changes? The answer is maybe. Do I think there should be changes? I do think there should be changes, but not the one. And I saw that. I saw a couple of those questions in advance. I do not think the changes that should be made are the ones that they're asking about. I think the changes should be made are the ones where we properly incentivize everyone to save and invest more. Not, you know, figure out how to cap X, Y, or Z. That's missing the point. The point is we should enable more people to save and invest more money than they can today. And after we solve for that, well, then we can talk about, you know, what the U.S. is collecting in taxes or not collecting in taxes. But by the way, the money in a Roth IRA was taxed before it got into the Roth, okay? And and the deal is, the rules are, that grows tax-free. If that account, if the dollars in those accounts then get invested in companies, those, those dollars are being used to employ people and those people are paying tax on those dollars that they're earning. It's not like the U.S. isn't getting its share, all right? The problem is that we're restricting investment access today in a way that just shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be restricted based on rules that we wrote in the 1930s because the internet didn't exist and because there were some bad actors and it took you know weeks by horse to get the bad news from one end of the the country to the other well now it takes a nanosecond the information is there it's available People need to do their homework. People are responsible. If we're really worried about people hurting themselves, why don't we shut down Vegas, right? (laughs) You can take your retirement distribution, go to Vegas and pull a slot machine, but you can't bet on, you know, a private company that has the potential to potentially change the world. Makes no sense to me. I do have an opinion. Sorry.
1: (laughs) You're good. I like opinions on here. Uh, for, for those that are not familiar with what the exact question was, it's essentially, so Peter Thiel made something like $5 billion are in this account now that are going to be tax-free. And the question is, do you think there's going to be legislation that makes it so there's a cap on how much money you can make in a Roth IRA or other retirement accounts that is Tax free, uh, so I I guess it's it's good in my mind if I make a lot of money in my IRA and I can ensure that it's not going to be taxed. I don't know that I'm ever going to be as smart as Peter Thiel and make that much money. I, I can dream, um, but I do think that the majority of people are not going to get to to that level. Um, that,
0: that, but Julie, to your point, I mean, I think that's that's why whether or not there should be a cap is a is a red herring right? How many people are really going to be affected? So fine, let's set the cap at $100 million. How many people are really going to be affected by the $100 million cap? I mean, one, right? So let's instead talk about how we get people incentivized to, to save and to invest. And, and I think that's the more important question,
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Travis actually says that he just made his first investment that went into an alto IRA. So he's a customer um, and he wants to know if there's any disadvantages to the strategy that Peter Thiel employed.
0: Um, There is a disadvantage, which is that let's say you make an investment out of an IRA account. And the investment goes to zero or it doesn't even have to go to zero. It, it becomes worth less than uh, it was when you started. You don't get the same tax deductibility that you get if you're using after-tax dollars. That, that's a disadvantage. But the fact is that most of us have available um, cash for investment sitting in our retirement accounts, not in our after-tax accounts.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, the other thing you hinted at this earlier, too, you mentioned crypto. And you guys fairly recently launched a way to have crypto in your retirement accounts, correct?
0: Well, not, not recently. So we're um, we, our, our platform is fully integrated with Coinbase. And okay. so basically anything that you would otherwise want to invest in from a crypto asset perspective on Coinbase is available to you via the Alto Crypto IRA. And, and you invest directly from the Alto platform.
1: Okay. And speaking of that too, uh, Alex Gillette on our community asked, what alternative asset class are you seeing the highest percent of growth in? Like what are people most interested in? Is it yeah, real estate, a- crypto, art, venture?
0: So I, I will tell you that um, our, our, the, the assets under custody break down 10% crypto and 90% all else. Okay, and all else includes um, venture capital opportunities, later stage private equity opportunities. It it includes uh, securitized artwork on our with our platform partner uh, Masterworks. It includes um, farmland with uh, we have two partners in in the farmland space. So Farm Together and Acre Trader. it, it really, so so there are a couple things to know about Alto. One, you can invest in a in a very seamless, easy uh, to execute way with our investment platform partners, some of which I, I just talked about, Angelus and Republic, or two more of them. Um, but you can also bring your own deal. So it doesn't have to be a platform partner. You can bring your friend's company to the Alto platform and you can invest via Alto using your alto ira and so um we have a lot of people who use their alto ira to invest in alto and they did that in a couple of different angelus rounds that we did as well as in the republic round that we did
1: what impact has the pandemic had on alto have you seen an increase in demand as people are more interested in these alternative asset classes was there Uh, a downtick right at the onset because people were scared about what was going to happen, if they were going to lose their jobs. Like, walk me through that a little bit.
0: Uh, So there's no way around saying that the pandemic was actually really good for Alto. I mean, it it was. It, It was really hard on a lot of people, not on us. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we've grown from 16 people to 70 people. We've grown from... I, I don't know, maybe somewhere between one and two thousand accounts to north of eleven thousand accounts, uh, or five hundred million in assets under custody, and um, you know I, I I think people being inside spending more time on their computer, uh, engaging in a in a digital world and a digital life, unfortunately, um, led them to maybe. Be able to research and diligence investment opportunities in a way that they weren't able to before. And I will say, and, and I'm very appreciative of this, now that uh, we have vaccines and people are getting out of the house again and uh, getting back to a bit of an analog life, uh, June is a slower month for us um, than, than, than May was. But that's okay by me. I'm looking forward to getting outdoors just as much as the next person.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I feel like this summer is a little bit slower for investments regardless. Like stock market volume slows down. People aren't as interested in that type of stuff. 2020 was just a very weird year in that regard. Uh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Speaking of those asset classes you mentioned earlier too, was there one that really stood out as everyone was super interested or not interested in after the pandemic, like a shift in that, or was, did it stay, I would assume crypto saw more interest than it had earlier. I could be wrong, but.
0: So crypto, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Crypto has been crazy good for us. Right. And, um, n- not just because, uh, because people were indoors, but because and and I'm a believer, so you should keep that in mind, right? Which is um, the crypto market as a whole, in my opinion, has sort of hit the inflection point and passed the inflection point, and it, it's not going away. And so, at, as as crypto investors have accelerated from the early adopters to some of the fast followers to now institutional investors coming in Um, we have a a new level of fundamental support for the market and for where it can go and so the slower to adopt retail investors are now following as would be appropriate right and so uh, crypto has been super great for us on the other category fronts, there's a hell of a lot of fund activity, fund with a D, um, where uh, a lot of our investors participate in uh, venture funds and private equity funds. Um, I think what we see developing is a real interest in those quote-unquote collectible, collectible categories that previously have been out of reach for most people. But thanks to the fractionalization of securitization, which is a poetic way of saying you can now invest a small amount of money and own just a piece of something, a piece of a real asset which you couldn't do before. So whether it's commercial real estate or residential real estate as a as a uh, um, a rental income property, or whether it's multifamily housing, or whether it's uh, you know, owning a piece of a Picasso or a Van Gogh or a Banksy um, or or back to, you know, what the folks at Rally and, and with Otis are doing in terms of collectibles. Like, I think that is going to be this whole real asset category, which previously has has mostly been off limits to the average investor because you couldn't write a large enough check. But now you can participate in the hundreds of dollars, not the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I think over time, we're going to see that this is just the very beginning of those asset classes blowing up. And what I will say finally on this point is that for us, portfolio diversification is not only, I think, the best tool that we can all employ. It's also a free tool. Right. But it's a free tool because of where we are now today with technology and and with investment platforms that are available to all of us. And so I encourage people to not bet it all on red, not put all their money in crypto, not put all their money in real estate, not put all their money in in the public markets, but instead spread it out, reduce volatility and over time increase returns.
1: Uh, one question from Travis, I'm going to rephrase is he asked, uh, how can I invest in the next Facebook via my Alto IRA account? But I'm going to rephrase it. And I've been asking founders on here, if there was one startup that you could invest in right now, not being your own, which one would it be? So which startup would you want to invest in and put in your Alto account?
0: Um, wow. (laughs) Uh, so I have a lot of friends who run startups, so it's kind of like a, uh, a trick question. Um, it's not really a trick question. Look, I, I, I think we're in the ver- very early days of the, the crypto space. I'm really excited about where it's going. Um, I have a somewhat contrarian view with respect to um, mining crypto. I think it actually offers a great opportunity for us to accelerate non-carbon energy production. And so uh, the way I'm going to answer the question is to not answer the question, but to instead say that I'm most interested in investing in the the future of crypto mining, where solar and other non-carbon energy sources are going to be used to power those mining operations.
1: Very interesting. I like ending on that note. And I'm sure we're going to want to have you on again soon because this is just a space that I feel like like we we were talking about in the pre-show that you're getting inundated with calls and emails and whatnot now that Peter Thiel has drawn a lot of attention to your space. So I'm sure we will be seeing a lot more of you, Eric.
0: (laughs) Julie, thanks for having me on. It was really fun. I'd be glad to be here again.
1: Of course, I'll have to come on your podcast sometime. Yes, you
0: have to be on the U2U show, 100%. There
1: we go. We'll set that up. We'll set that up. Uh, for other people that are listening to this, though, don't forget to go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you might listen to this. And tune in for my next episode with Charlie Ma of Alloy, for one of the first Plaid employees. And we're gonna- Alto investor,
0: by the way. Alto investor. <laughs>
1: There we go. Well, we're going to talk about the first half of 2021 and everything that's been going on in FinTech. We're going to pick like six of our favorite stories, So that's sure to be a good episode as well. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it.
0: Bye, Julie.